Okay, good morning. How's everybody doing? All right, thank you for being here because I know it's a little bit of a maze. I was a Texas history teacher for five years. I still don't know which colony to go to and all that stuff. So thank you for being here. I know this is the day of Tuesday night hangovers from vendors. We'll call it vendor hangovers, not alcohol-induced hangovers. But thank you for getting up early, coming to the session. Um, I know. I know. I know, some of, I know some of you. I saw, I saw the yeah, I Instagrams and the, the, the gramming and stuff like that. So uh, I know. I've heard some stories too. So uh, thank you for being here. Uh, uh, today's about social media. I will warn you that I get a little bit excited, so I'm probably going to use this area. I won't try to dance too much since there's people up here, but I've sort of stepped off, you know, boy band step off to know where I can go throughout the room. So, but I do want to warn you, the first row is usually, you know, uh, SeaWorld, the Shamu, uh, Splash Zone, so watch out. Sometimes I get excited, I spit a little bit, so uh, just be very, 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 very careful, okay? So, social media. Wow, how, raise your hand if you've been in education longer than 10 years, or 10 years or longer. So you are in the generation of when Facebook was blocked on every campus, every district said it was the devil. Fast forward to 2019, now every session is about social media and spread So in the span of 10 years, we've gone from devil to, it's going to save communication. No, but social media is very, very important. And today I'm going to talk about some trends that I see. They're not necessarily going to be like, this is the best time to post on social media. It's not gonna be something like that. It's gonna be more about the bigger trends. And I will go down a little bit to talk a little bit about some platforms that I think are gonna be up and coming in the near future. So uh, if you haven't known, I'm sure most of you have seen, there's been a huge marketing shift. And when I say marketing, I say a lot of our jobs have switched from the communicator role to the marketer role. And what we're seeing is the customers have all the information. They have all these rating sites. They have what, school digger, rate my school, great schools, school, school, you know, great, great, great school, all that stuff. They can go wherever they want, and they can look at your district, and they can form their own opinions. So marketing has shifted. We've gone away from a society where we're pushing out the messages all the time to sort of pull in those people and make them feel comfortable about the experiences that are happening in our districts and also in our individual classrooms. So we've seen a gigantic shift. I used to play an Andy Griffith video. If you went to my Inspira uh, presentation last year, I played an Andy Griffith video. But back then, there was three channels, right? You put a commercial on Andy Griffith, the number one show in the nation that had almost 50 million viewers back then. You put Post Cereal up there, people were going to run to the store and buy Post Cereal, right? That doesn't happen anymore. People hate advertising. They hate when they're pushed and you know, salesman mentality. So that is a thing of the past. And what are we seeing in education? When our grandparents went to school, uphill both ways, right? They skipped and whistled to school. Yay, I get to go to my neighborhood school. They built a school in my neighborhood. I can't wait to go to my neighborhood school. Parents have choices now. It's mandatory that we start marketing our school districts and all the great things that are happening. Of course, we have private schools. I could talk really, really bad about private schools because my wife is a private school teacher. So I'm married to the enemy, one of the enemies. 
Um, at home schools, I watch television, CNBC in the morning, yes, I'm a nerd, but they have commercials for Dallas-Fort Worth online schools advertising to these high execs, like, send your child here. Don't go to a public school. Just do it all from home. You can make sure they're safe and warm in their own at home. You know, they're doing that. And then, of course, charter schools. A lot of our uh, public schools um, are having seen a lot of charter schools pop up in our area. So it's become very, very competitive, and there are so many choices out there that we are out of the range of being able just to open up a school and people come. The customer is now in control. And when I say customer, I mean parents, community members, students now play a big role of where they want to go, and then just our teachers, our staff. You have to make them happy as well. Internal communications, internal marketing. You want them to stay, you want them to spread the good things that are happening in your school district. And we all know, most of us know, that traditional advertising is sort of dying a slow death. People don't read the newspapers anymore. People don't read billboards anymore. What do most people do when they drive? They're on their phone. <laughs> They're looking at their phone instead of at billboards. They should be looking at the road, but they don't even do that. So are they really going to be looking up in the air and trying to catch some crazy website before they move on to their next point? I'm a zombie when I drive. I, I, I don't even remember how I got to work. I'm just so <laughs> naturally trained to go to work on a certain path that I just fog everything out. So people aren't looking at billboards and radio. There's some podcasting things uh, at Teespur this year, talking about podcasting. People listen to podcasting. They listen to satellite radio. They're not listening to the ads on the radio station. So that's why there's been a huge, gigantic shift to social media. We're starting to use social media more and more. But now we're even being hit with the crazy algorithm, right? Dang you, Mark Zuckerberg. you got to change up everything. I know there's some Facebook people here, so I'll be a little quiet. But... Um, <laughs> It's hard to even promote on social media now. Five years ago, you could post something that there was a big event happening in your school district, and 90% of the people that followed your page saw that. Now they're saying that almost 1% see that now. 1%, unless there's some fuel that lights the fire that's going to spread that content and get a lot of shares and a lot of comments where we're going to break that algorithm. So I will warn you, before I get started on my main topic today, I am not a time traveler. I am not someone that came from the future in a phone booth that wrote a hit song and saved the world. Does anyone know what this is? Um, so uh, I'm only seeing what I see out there. And I will tell you that education maybe we might be slightly behind the times a little bit when it comes to marketing, social media. Some districts are doing a phenomenal job, some districts are a little bit behind, but I think overall education is always a couple steps behind the trends, right? So what I'm telling you is what I'm seeing in the corporate world. I don't know if you read my blog or something like that, but I frequently go to places like Apple.com, Adidas, Forever 21, uh, Urban Outfitters to see what they're doing. What are the trending colors? What are the trending content? What are they saying to their millennials and they're now their Gen Zs? What are they doing that's different from what education people are doing? So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Some trends that I'm seeing that's going to help you in your district in the future. 
because I'm really big about district branding, but I'm also big about personal branding. Because I think, I'm gonna talk about that in a little bit, I think that's gonna be the next big step when we come to social media, about personal branding each one of our staff. So, first one, I've talked about this a little bit about the customer being in control, but you have to love thy customer. Your customer is the lifeblood of your district, your students, your teachers, your parents. Those are your customers. And we know brands are based on experiences. And unfortunately, those experiences can be from your worst frontline secretary that is always in a bad mood and talks to your parents when they walk into your school every day, to the best huge performing school that graduates 100% of people and they all go to college. Your brand is based on those experiences. Now, when someone walks into your building, what experience are they going to have? When they're looking at your social media, what experience are they going to have about your brand? It's going to dictate a lot of what they're going to communicate to their friends and what they're doing. So the first thing you need to do is to be engaging on social media. And what I mean by that is you can't just put a post out there and think it's going to grow organically and nothing's going to happen to it. You have to interact with your audience. You have to grow that content to make it shareable and to let people know it's out there. The best way to do that is to respond to comments. Uh, if you're going to be engaging, like I said, be responsive. Interact. If they're not leaving comments, leave a question in the comments to get them talking. You want those comments and those shares because those, that algorithm is going to be broken from Facebook if you do those types of things. Also on Instagram, Facebook owns Instagram, Twitter's the same way now. Everything's based on this algorithm. The more shares that are out there, the more comments, the more your content is going to spread through the social media platforms. And I would say stop broadcasting. People want personalization. They want that more one-to-one -one interaction. So when someone asks a question about your pre-K program, make sure that you answer that as quickly as possible. You need to get narrow that down to see what they're really interested in. What are they really asking for? Which brings me to my next one is you have to know your audience. Rule number two under love thy customer, know your audience. Because every one of your parents, every one of your teachers, every one of your students is going to be different. What they like, what their problems are, what they're going through on a day-to-day -day basis. You need to know everything about your customer and build content around those problems. I'll give you an example of what happened in our district. We were making a push a couple years ago for kindergarten enrollment. We wanted to boost kindergarten enrollment. And what we thought was, all right, we're going to put all these great programs out there. We're going to talk about our gifted program, our you know, great um, different things that are happening in our schools. But then when we started surveying, I went out and surveyed kid, uh, pre preschool parents. I went out and had roundtables with them. We did online surveys. What we found out, their number one thing is, you know, it didn't really matter much about are they going to learn to read, are they going to learn math. It was, I hope my child has a loving teacher and that I am not confused when I drop off my kid for carpool on the first day. <laughs> so what we did is we sort of flipped the narrative on our campaign, and we did a Facebook Live called Kindergarten Live, and we gathered questions, all those questions that came in, 
and we answered those important questions on a Facebook Live roundtable. So we utilized social media to push the message out there. We didn't push out, oh, we have an excellent program, come register for kindergarten. We said, what are your problems? What are your concerns about kindergarten? And we're going to help you navigate those really, really hard waters of letting your child first time go to school and do the things you're gonna, they're going to do. So we had things from like, when's carpool pickup? Can I sit with my kid at lunch? Uh, what, what do they do as a typical day? Um, do they get to go to the bathroom? Do I need to pack them water? All that kind of stuff. So like I said, it flipped the narrative. If we didn't ask our customers, we would have just pounded, <coughs> they teach reading, they teach math, yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead, we helped solve problems. We got people to trust us more as the expert for kindergarten education. It helped out quite a bit. And I always recommend when you're trying to figure out your audience is do an audience persona. Sometimes they're called buyer personas. This is actually the back of the book of that uh, top triggers that's up there. Uh, but you can also find it if you just say uh, buyer persona HubSpot. If you Google that, buyer persona HubSpot, you will have all different types of worksheets to fill this in. This is vital to know your audience. Because when you know your audience, the trust level goes through the roof. They're not going to trust someone that sells to them all the time. They're going to trust somebody that is solving their problems and that they feel is an expert in the field of education. So really, it's all about building trust with your community and your customers. Building trust is going to solve so many of your problems on social media and so many of your problems of marketing because you're caring, you're trusting. And I don't know how many people attended Jackie and Laura's presentation, um, the professors from TC and the CPC program, but they said word of mouth is so very important these days. So if you continue to build up trust, you're going to get that word of mouth. And can you believe 83% of people buy products and services and choose schools because of what their friends and families told them. It's not a billboard, not a newspaper ad, it's experiences, it's those people telling the next generation of students coming in, the, the parents. So funny story I'll say really quick. I grew up in the 80s and early 90s, and the 80s dads at the baseball games when I was playing you know, Little League Baseball, all the dads would have the big, clunky VHS cameras, right? So instead of just filming it real quick with your, with your smartphone and getting clips of individual at bats and things like that, dads would film everything from the car <laughs> to the end of the game getting the Coke at the end of the game, all right? So, I'd see my dad walking in the grass, you know, talking to my mom, <laughs> things like that. But the funny thing, going back and watching those videos, we recently converted them digitally. The, the funny thing about watching those videos is the dads were all, you know, you hear this. And what were the moms doing in the stands? They were, can you believe that teacher did this? Or can you, my, my son's in the gift program. Can you believe that? Because he scored high. It was all word of mouth communication. Some of it was bad. Some of it was good. A lot of it was gossip. But if you train your people and get a trusting environment in your school using social media, your parents are going to do word of mouth and it's going to be positive more than negative. 
So really think about that. 83% of decisions are made on word of mouth. Why? Because it's hyper-relevant. Your friends are going to tell you exactly what you need to hear. You're not going to go shuffle through an ad or a website and find out the information. They're going to tell you exactly what you wanted to hear about a certain program, what their experience with their child was, all that kind of stuff. It also saves time. Nobody has time anymore. Nobody has time. I want to go to my friend, call him up real quick. Hey, your kid was in this program, right? What would you think about it? I'm not going to be like, okay, so we take this tour. First thing I'm going to do is call. If I get a bad report, it's where it stops, right? I'm not sending my kid there. Then if I get a positive thing, I might pursue those next steps in the marketing funnel. But most of the time, it starts right here. It's going to save me time. If I get a bad comment, uh, you know, someone had a bad experience, cuts it off right there. And then they're independent, right? They're not going to be biased. And they might be biased if they had a horrible experience, but you're going to know they had that horrible experience. They're not anyone associated with the district. They're not an employee that's paid to push out the message out there. They are someone that's going to be your friend, a trusted source. So it's going to be very, very independent. So I ask you, as I finish up this first section, who would you rather trust? Your mom? Your friends? Your BFF? And a salesman. A lot of our parents, when we're pushing out some of the stuff that we're pushing, that we're putting out the message that we're putting out, a lot of our parents feel that we're this person right here. Because a lot of them had bad experiences in school. They might have gone to the principal, they might have gone, you know, didn't have a good science class. So if the science, you know, there are some districts pushing out the stuff, oh, our programs were great, our programs are great, our programs are great. Are they really going to believe this or are they just going to think we're a salesman? So really think about that as you're putting out stuff on social media. Number two, influencers. These are becoming huge, huge influencers. They're helping. They're the trusted. They're the people what people believe in. But I'm not talking about Kylie. You can pay her $250,000 to do an Instagram post about you know, whatever ISD. That's probably not going to be a good return on investment. It might be funny, it might be, it might, it might work. You never know if you're these big districts that have big money, but that's really not gonna work. You don't need a celebrity to throw out your content. You don't need an A-lister. You don't need a C-list star of Dawson Creek, James Vanderbeek, <laughs> to help you out. You need the micro-influencer. Micro, that's key, micro. Who in your community is influential? When someone shares your content, you've seen the analytics. It goes through the roof. More and more people share it because that one person shared it. It could be a PTA mom. It could be a mommy blogger in your community. If you just search Mommy Bloggers Dallas, I'm sure it's the same way Mommy Bloggers Austin, Mommy Bloggers Houston, you're going to see a million people with like a million followers. One of those might be the right fit for you. I'm really big into content marketing. If they share things, of content that's helping the parents, helping the students, that could be a big bonus for you. So influences are not necessarily celebrities, but I guess they're local celebrities. When someone says something, they listen. And these could be your teachers. You would be amazed if you looked at some of your teachers. They have tens of thousands, sometimes 100,000 followers on social media. We have a former Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. She's a huge following. We use her in a lot of our stuff that we do, a lot of our campaigns. We have a student 
that his job, his part-time job, uh, is to go out to Quincinaris and he sings at these events. He's become really, really well known around Dallas. He has 75,000 followers on Instagram. And they're all students, they're all people that are following him, and you can really, really take on a student group by using him or someone like him in your district to get on social media and do some of it and spread your contents. Because basically what an influencer is doing is they're fueling your content. You put shareable content out there and then you have an influencer that's gonna grasp a hold of that and share it on their platform or wear one of your shirts that has a hashtag on it or you know, do a pop-up video that says, hey, did you know they're having this event in downtown Dallas this weekend? Come check it out. Those influencers are gonna make a big impact on the amount of shares you have, the comments. It's gonna fuel your content and take it to the next level. Which brings me to using teachers. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but this is number three. I think this is going to be the next biggest thing when it comes to social media marketing in school districts. You need to develop the personal brand of every one of your teachers and your administrators. Not only is it going to help them grow, what do most millennials and Generation Z want from a job? They want growth. They want to grow as a leader. They want to grow as someone that's represented in the district. It's going to help out in those regards, but it's also going to help out because here's the big secret. You know, some board members might look and say, okay, well, why are we all here? The big secret is most parents, I'm going to say most because there's some faction that's like die hard, but most parents are not really all into the school district as a whole. They care about where their child is at at that exact moment and what teacher they are there every day that's gonna be loving, that represents them on a daily basis. They don't really care that, hey, this, the district got you know, top in whatever. But if there are students involved in that, they'll care. But really deep down, they care about the moment they are in school and the bubble they are in each day. Is their student succeeding? Is their classroom the best it can be? Is their teacher the best on the campus? That is what they care about. Now, they're transitioning from elementary to middle, middle to high. They're going to have some interest, and you're going to have to, of course, market those programs to them. But a third grader, you need to concentrate on that teacher and creating the best experience that you can with that teacher, because that's who they see every day. That's who the parents have contact with. That is who they want to interact with. It's all about trust, again. It also humanizes your brand. Instead of just putting out general statements for your district, if you have a teacher do it and talk about what they're doing in the classroom, the parent is going to see that. Remember what I said, try to narrow cast, send it out to all her students. What's the first thing a parent's gonna do when they see the picture of their student building a robot on social media? They're gonna share it, right? Because that's the proudest thing that a parent could get throughout the day. We're an opt-out district, and to tell you the truth, uh, there's some people that um, have opted out, and they, some of them didn't know what they were doing. And if we don't feature their kids, we get more complaints about kids not being in pictures than we do about kids that have accidentally been in pictures. People want, I mean, that's the whole society is based on social media. You want to be seen, you want to know. I, it was Inspira, my first one, I guess it was in Baltimore. Uh, a group, um, 
a consulting group went out there and they said the number one, number one top thing that parents care about, about their kids' education, is looking like competent parents to other parents. <laughs> They want to know that they're in the best program, the best classes, so the more you share that they're doing that, the more you share that their teacher is the best, it's going to kick that sharing, that comedy, and that just growth of your content to go everywhere. Because people are eight times more likely to listen to an influencer than a brand, and you can believe that, an influencer. That's why people are paying Kylie Jenner and the Kardashians half a million dollars to tweet something or Instagram, things like that. <laughs> Influencers do work, but you gotta be careful. You don't wanna just do it to do it. You gotta have a reason, you gotta have the right person doing that content or that fueling of your content. Next, students. Now, Generation Z. They're all over social media. They've actually never lived in a time without social media. It is big to them. They're a little bit different, though. Generation Z is going to help you spread your content, but they're also called the pivot or pivotal generation because they're pivoting away from what the millennials are actually doing right now. They've seen their older brothers and sisters, they've seen society, and they do not want to go down that same path as millennials. I know we've heard a lot about millennials, but what's the difference really between a millennial and a Gen Z? And Gen Z are going to be pretty much all of your students right now, and they're about to get out in the workforce, and you can believe it. So that's going to be a whole other ball game. You're going to have to work with your HR to come up with a marketing plan to really tackle the Gen Z population. They're not like millennials. You can see some of the big things that happened during the millennials time compared to what's happening during Generation Z. Millennials grew up somewhat in the 80s. They saw the go-go 80s. Some of them are like, yeah, rock on, like, yeah, Wolf of Wall Street, yeah, let's party. Some of them saw some of the recessions where they saw their parents lose two or three jobs. So there's actually two different categories, like the go-go 80 millennials and the recessionist millennials. So they're a little bit different. The recessionist millennials are a little bit more like Generation Z. But here, you can see they had 9-11, Columbine, so they've gone through that. But they, the Generation Z's live in a society where domestic terrorism and terrorism have been a thing of life. They see it on the news every day, didn't have to really worry about it. You know, a lot of things have become um, more uh, acceptable in their society. Uh, they're uh, more uh, of a uh, diverse culture. And, but they are very, very scared because they've seen all these risk takers and these people like YOLO, is that what it was, YOLO, and put it out there where they put everything on social media. Generation Z is a lot more scared about the risk of that happening. They've been banged over your head. You guys have helped. Like, boom, you're not going to get into college. You put up on social media. Boom, you go to spring break. You're never going to get a job. Boom, you know. They are listening to that because they're scared to death. They're really big on conserving money. They want a good job, and they don't want anything that's going to risk that. So they are a little bit different. They're private. They actually post stuff on Instagram. And they take it down if they think it's too public, or they take it down if they don't get enough likes, too, which is crazy. Millennials just post whatever. My dog ate a donut that fell on the floor. Um, but they are more like, oh, my friends didn't like that. Okay, see ya. Um, so they're, they're just completely different, the pivotal generation. So what are they looking for on social media? Instant gratification. They want stuff answered right now. They want their stuff out there. You can't wait a day. 
if your uh, court team, your uh, mock trial team won state, you can't wait till next week to post that, right? They want it now. They want to show off to their friends now because it's going to lose its value. They want it out there. They want to be able to have it instantaneously. That's why Instagram stories have become so important for districts. It's something that's in the moment. Live videos become big because it's in the moment. Which brings me to my next thing. Be authentic. That's why they like Instagram stories. Because you just have a camera out there and you are not trying to gloss it all up. You're not trying to have some slick marketing campaign. They want to go and see the true self of what the district is really about. They want to see themselves in a true light. They don't want to hide behind a millennial like, yeah, everything's cool. You know, they don't want to do that. They want true, authentic type posts, but they also want privacy. This is where it becomes a little bit difficult. They're going to be a little bit more apprehensive to share. But some of our biggest, biggest boosts in social media fallings and engagement have come from social media takeovers on Instagram. I have an article on my blog about this, about how you can start Instagram takeovers. It has actually boosted our numbers quite a bit on Instagram. We're fairly new Instagram district, um, but anytime we give it over to the cheerleaders during homecoming, or we give it to the band people for the opening kickoff of a football game, or we give it to, it has exploded our group. Sometimes 24 hours, we'll get 600, 700 new followers just from those people. And the interactions, we'll get 400 likes or even shares. And then this great thing about stories is you can do sticker polls and you know they can really get some feedback from your students and all that kind of stuff like that. It really works. Because they're involved and they're being authentic. And FOMO, they're constantly checking their phones. So don't slap them with a ruler on the hand. Oh, wait, that's my wife's school. Um, uh, don't, uh, don't be mad if they're always checking their phone. It's like a hit. Probably better than taking drugs, right? So you don't want them smoking up in the classroom. You can have them look at their phone every once in a while. They're constantly checking their account. How many likes do I have? How many people are sharing my content? Oh my gosh, they put a bad comment about me? I need to take that down as possible. I need to go out, you know? If such and such broke up with me on Snapchat, are you kidding me? So you gotta, you know, cut up a little bit slack, but they're gonna be your next promoters, your next influencer that are really gonna put you out there. Facebook for them is not really dead because this generation is more connected to their parents than ever before. They trust their parents more than anybody on the planet. It's different than millennials. It started gravitating that way a little bit, but Generation Z loves to hang out with their parents. Can you believe that? Uh, they like to uh, get advice from their parents. So Facebook is still a tool that they're on. They're not engaging, they're not posting content, but they're scrolling through to see what's going on in their family's lives and what's happening. But my theory is, is as soon as someone gets engaged, goes on a cool trip, um, you know, meets their BFF they've seen in five years in Washington, D.C., they're going to be on Facebook. They're going to want to post it, they're going to want to brag, things like that, just like our parents. They're always going to be on there. I know there's been a lot of data breaches and things like that, they're always going to be on there. Twitter, this is more of an information source for them. Um, they find a lot of their news content this way, things like that. I, I do have a theory, though, that I think a lot of school districts are blinded by Twitter. We don't see that much engagement being driven back to our, from our call to actions on Twitter anymore, uh, going back to our websites, going back to our content, going back to our stuff. 
it's, it's more of a, just an informational grab and they don't really do much with it. But I think a lot of districts are blinded for it because it's working so well for teachers hmm. to put out professional development and to put out you know, different articles and to interact with Twitter chats. But are our students really doing that same thing our, our teachers are? A lot of people are like, oh, oh on Twitter, our teachers are doing awesome. That's, that's awesome for your teachers, but are your students really making an impact with Twitter? Look at, look at your analytics. It's the best way to find out. Google Analytics is free. You can see where all your traffic's coming from. Instagram, I already talked about their hardcore Instagram. They're move, moving a lot from Snapchat to Instagram. Um, this just Instagram just overtook Snapchat to be the number one uh, profile for teenagers. They're putting a lot of content on there. Like I said, stories. We always have big interaction on the stories uh, with our groups. Um, we're always seeing a lot of likes from our students and young parents on Instagram. Then Snapchat, they're still on there. What we do is we don't really necessarily have a presence on Snapchat, except we do geo filters at big events. So what we do is we go into Snapchat, and they have a way where you can purchase. They're usually pretty cheap. You can draw a line around any school, any map, any uh, stadium, and you can set up a geo filter. So on homecoming games, we put homecoming 2018, go Creekview, or go to Smith, or go to Ranchview. And we put the school name on there, and you're not going to believe we're in the 20 to 30,000 usage of those. Uh, just that's, that's how many people see those logos, and people from other school districts see those logos. So those geo filters really, really work. We do it for graduation, any big event. We put a geo fence around the building we're in, and people use that a lot. Say about a 75% usage rate. And if you're looking for inspiration. These companies are doing it really, really well with Generation Z. They're really knocking out of the park. Uh, their social media content, their, uh, the way they're branding their campaigns, even the colors they're using, the wording they're using. These companies do a really, really good job. So I would definitely check these out. I'd also go to like, if you're in, oh, your head's just blocked, you can't think of any more graphic design ideas, things like that. Go to Forever 21 and Urban Outfitters, I'm telling you. Uh, you might have to blind your eyes on a couple stuff, you know, when it's summer season, things like that. But it, the colors they use, the way they do the, the wordy, things like that, it's trendy. It's what's working. I steal a lot of my stuff from those people. All right, go a little bit quicker through the last one of these. But next, mobile. If your website is not mobile, most social media, they're using the app, so it's automatically going to be mobile. But what about that next step from social media? Do you have a fluid movement from content on social media? And when they click that next step, that call to action, when it goes to your website, is it mobile friendly? If it's not, you're dead. Your content's dead. It ends the funnel right there. Mobile, you have to be on mobile. You have to. If your, mobile, if your website is not mobile friendly, <coughs> I mean, it's not going to exist to most people. Most people are on their phone. 52% of people surf the web now, web traffic, on mobile phones. Your younger generation, the parents you're trying to connect with to get their kids to start out in your district and to enroll their students, it's going to be even much, much higher. Think about how you access Facebook now. Think about how you access Instagram. Instagram, you have to do it on mobile. There's all these different things where they're going to be on mobile where they start out. Now that next step, they're not going to go to a laptop 
and say, oh, wait, let me go get to my laptop. They're not going to do that. They're going to stay on their phone, and if your site does not work mobile, they can't find the stuff within 30 seconds they're looking for, they'll throw their phone and say, this school sucks. So uh, make sure that your website is mobile-friendly, mobile, mobile, mobile. Because 70% of the media out there is consumed. Video, pictures and stories, 70% is consumed on mobile devices. If you're not set up for mobile, like I'm saying, see you later. Because guess what? Google is now penalizing SEO, search engine optimization. If your website is not mobile, it dings you in the search results. Most school districts are going to rank number one in their community. But your other content you're putting out there is not going to if your website is not mobile. Because it's a big penalty. Like, it will knock you off the first page if you're not mobile. So if you do not have a mobile website, your search engine optimization, meaning when people search, like, schools and, you know, whatever, when those schools pop up, your school is not going to be one of the top ones. The charter schools are, the private schools are if they're using and using mobile correctly on their website. So be very careful. Video content, we've heard this for a long, long time. Video's the next big thing, video's the next big thing. So many people have grasped it because it is the next big thing. Every year, this is the number one trending thing on social media. If you're not using video, you're losing out on a huge audience, huge. My video is through the roof with engagement. Every platform has live video now. Every platform. LinkedIn introduced it two weeks ago. You want to recruit some teachers in college? Use LinkedIn Live. It, uh, I get to LinkedIn just a little bit. It's one of my little tiny little thing. But LinkedIn is the next Facebook. They've changed their whole thing. It's not just a job finding website. It's a community. It's a professional community, you need to use that. We use Facebook Live quite a bit. Now, of course, there's Instagram Live, Twitter Live, our engagement goes through the roof. We get you know that kindergarten video that I was talking about, the kindergarten live, 25,000 views. Um, some of the big events, we do graduations, we do a bunch of stuff. Live video works, you need to get on that. We have a device called Amiibo. It's a real big education or discount. We use this at all our events because you can actually just with one phone, change your angle, zoom in, things like that, by just using this device. It's like a 140 angle camera. You can zoom in, go in, so it's, it's, it's worth its investment. I think just this one, I think we paid $250 for. It was really cheap. And it connects to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and everything. It's, it streams in 1080 HD, but records in 4K too. So what we do is we pull out the card, we'll dump it on YouTube as well, we'll, we'll even chop up our live videos into smaller segments, like that kindergarten live, we chopped up into one minute question videos. So we have a kindergarten site that just has the individual questions chopped up as videos instead of them having to watch the long thing. So if they want a certain topic, they go to that video. So it's worked really, really well for us. What's that called? Mevo, uh, M-E-V-O. I think they have a Mevo Plus now. It's a little bit more expensive, but I think you can still find a Mevo, like on B&H um, video, or Amazon also sells them. Yes. Did you say it streams it on all those platforms? So it will stream on every one of them at the same time, except Facebook will not let you because they're API. So they haven't found a way around that yet. Facebook API blocks you from only streaming to Facebook. 
But if you stream to Instagram, you can also stream to Twitter and YouTube at the same time. But if you stream just to Facebook, it only lets you go to Facebook. Next, vertical video. I know for the past, what, 100 years, everyone's told you to hold your smartphone like this, right? Pull it like this. Hold it like this, vertically. Kids are watching vertical videos. Actually, vertical videos get 12% more engagement than horizontal videos. I know, I know it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. But guess why? They are trained to watch vertical videos because Facebook stories. They don't even take the time, even if it is horizontal, they'll still watch it like this. Because they're yeah. sitting back in their desk with their book open and have the phone <laughs> watching Twitch or whatever. So uh, they're, they're, they'll watch it vertically. 12% more engagement. 12. That's big when you're thinking about engagement wise. So face, uh, Instagram stories and now Facebook stories as well. Huge, huge, huge. In the moment, you can put polls on there. You can ask questions on there. You can have countdown clocks on Facebook stories or on uh, Instagram stories that says, your event, the event will start in one hour, 20 seconds. And then you click on there and they can get a reminder to their email when they click on that countdown clock to remind them to go to the event. It's huge. Stories are huge. Done, I've done random things like, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl tonight? Facebook story, they do a poll. Uh, slide little smiley face, how happy are you that we have a snow day? Ding! So it works really, really, really well. And I will say snackable content. Generation Z and a lot of our younger parents, they want shorter videos. I know there's some theories saying that long form content works really well. It does. People, if it's really engaging, people will sit down for that. But most people, are gonna want that snackable content. That's why we take our Facebook Live videos and cut them up and edit them into shorter videos because people don't wanna waste time. They wanna go right to the question that they wanna answer and boom, 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 boom. So you can take your one video and make 10, 20, 30, 40 different pieces of content from one of your videos and make it snackable so they can ingest it take it, go away, and hopefully they're more willing to share it because they don't want their friend watching an hour-long video either. They don't want their friend, they're like, oh my gosh, did you know they offer pay for pre-K in the district? Share, watch this 30-second video about pay for pre-K. So it's helpful, it's helpful content, and it's snackable content. It's a lot easier to share. It's a lot easier to convince someone to watch when it's short. And what I love about uh, video marketing is you can remarket the heck out of videos on Facebook and Instagram. Did you know that if you're using Facebook advertising and you put out a big video about, let's say you have a science academy that's coming to high school and 5,000 people watch that video. And let's say out of the 5,000, 1,000 people watched it to 80% completion. You can send an ad just to the people that watched 80% of your video and say, hey, I saw that you were really interested in this topic. Here's some more information about this science school. Or the people that only watched 10%. Hey, why'd you drop off? Did you know this is super exciting what we're having come to your school next year? You can get in with a different message. So you can actually remarket people that have watched your videos. It's huge. That, that This is one of the big, I'm, I'm all for social media ads. I'm a big, big advocate, 
This is huge. Videos to you, so you're gonna get more engagement. You're gonna get a bigger audience. And then you can actually remarket people that have watched a certain percentage of your video. So you know exactly who's interested. You don't have to waste time sending out a bunch of stuff to everybody. Send them to the people that are hardcore interested in your program. It's, it's unbelievable. My last thing, the long tail. Chris Anderson used to write for Wired Magazine. He has a book called The Long Tail. Basically what that means is, we're seeing Amazon do this quite a bit, but basically, this is all the huge, huge, just broad stuff. Maybe you move closer down, this is more niche. You don't need to be just broadcasting everything. You need to drill down your content on social media and become more personal. Find those audiences that are really going to want to see your content and gear it towards them. Put it on the school sites, it's gonna be geared to the uh, Facebook sites, your Instagram, if they have that. Really narrow down your audience. It needs, I mean, you're not gonna be able to see this next time, but it needs to get one-to-one, -one. this is a one, this is a one. One-to-one -one as close as possible and become as personal as possible. If you have a bunch of concerned preschool parents, start a private Facebook group for preschoolers in the DFW area. Have them ask questions in that private group where they know high school parents aren't gonna be in there, things aren't gonna be in there. Then you can answer questions for them, you can drop videos in there about stuff that you're trying to promote, things like that. You can really drill down and not just broadcast, you can narrow cast to these specific groups. So Facebook groups is huge right now. Facebook is actually moving away. They want people to move away from pages and they want to go into these groups because it's more personalized because they make more money because they can get more data about the people that are in those groups, right? So, but uh, Facebook groups are very powerful. Your special ed department can have it. They can have special ed parents go in there and ask more private questions that they don't want the whole public to see. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things you can do with Facebook groups because it makes it more personal. And then when you're called to actions on social media, I'm still big on email marketing. If you have niche email marketing lists. So we did this thing for kindergarten and we had a social media post, uh, getting your kid ready for kindergarten, preparing your kid, a parent checklist. So we created this checklist for parents and all they had to do is click on a social media ad, click here, and it took them to a landing page. Opt-in to get the kindergarten milestone checklist. Everyone's like, oh, my kids are going to be topping that class. I'm going to download this sucker right now. They're going to be working all summer, right? So they put their email, their like things. Boom, hit the checklist. And we had personalized email lists for things like kindergarten parents, high school programs, middle school concerns. We had different things. We bought different what they call lead magnets to convince them to give us their email address. And we created niche email list and we sent out content that sort of looked like this for the kindergarten thing. You know, kindergarten program like no other. What's it look like in the classroom? We sent out that. Click kinder, CFP Kinder, go to more um, information. Here's a school locator. Do you know where your kindergartner's supposed to go to school? You've never been to the district, you need to find out. So we sent, we had a different blog post about how they can be successful in kindergarten. So we kept every week sending them more and more stuff on these niche email lists. And they continue to trust our district. They continued until the very last thing, you know, the one, two, three, four, five, six time. 
join our schools because we have the best kindergarten. The parents are like, yes, you do. You've given me all this information. You must have superstar teachers in your district. Of course I'm going to join. Boom, and I'm also going to share with all my friends. So <laughs> niche list work because it's more personal. You don't have to go through the clutter of removing all the people that don't need to see the message. These are the people that opted in to see these messages. It was all driven from social media. So as I finish up here, some of the things that I am going to use a crystal ball on, I did take my time machine. I think these are going to be the next, next hot topics in social media. First, customer service. I think in the next couple of years, a lot of businesses are doing this, but we're going to have to have almost a part-time or maybe even a full-time if you're a huge district just answering customer service questions on social media. Now, I say this might not happen tomorrow, but in the next five years, this could definitely happen. Why? Because it's much easier to jump on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and complain about a company, and they will answer you in 30 seconds. I do not even call customer service anymore, because you have to wait online an hour. I don't email them. I complain on social media, and my problem is fixed in 30 seconds. People have that mentality. You're going to need someone that's going to have to monitor that customer service. Personalization, I already talked about. You need to get as personal as possible. There's a lot of cool programs they're developing to make this a reality. More personal, more personal, more personal. Virtual reality is going to be big. I can see, I don't have time to go tour the school. Well, put on your VR headset and tour the school through VR. Now, like I'm saying, it's not going to be tomorrow, but this could be something that could really work. Take them on a tour of the school. Have a parent put it on. What's a typical day in kindergarten look like? They could watch a whole kindergarten class if they wanted to. VR could be the next big thing. Voice search, I think this is going to be huge. I think districts need to jump on this. Amazon Echo has been the number one seller the last two Christmases on Amazon. On all of Amazon, the last two Christmases, Amazon Echo. Alexa, what's the school lunch menu today? Your school lunch menu is da 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 da. Alexa, when's the snow day coming up? Your next snow day for CFBISD is da 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 da. Is there early release today? Yes, there is. So this is going to be huge. You creating voice skills, they're called, to inform your public, because they're going to be in every household coming up. It's going to be Google, Amazon Echo. These are going to be huge, something to think about. Social media buying, there's really a limited time left to really jump on this. Companies are starting to jump on because they know traditional advertising is not working. The last couple years, the Auction has gone up a little bit for Facebook ads and Instagram ads. So jump on this now. If you're not using this, it's huge. I will get, for $15, I will get 30 people going to sign up for kindergarten um, thing. Will they complete the application? Not all of them, but a lot of them will go there. That's a huge ROI. Huge return on investment. Real life events, like in the moment, like I'm talking about, straight stories. And then Twitch. Does anyone know what Twitch is? Did your kids play Fortnite? Do they play, uh, what's it called, Apex Legends now? And all that stuff. So this is huge for students. If you want to hit up students, they are on there 20 hours a week watching other people play video games. Think if you had an influencer on there or you did a small ad before one of the popular video games and just target the DFW area for your ad. Parent, young parents are on there. I think it's going to be huge. If anything, just secure a username for your district on Twitch. I'm telling you, in five years, you're going to be crying if you don't have a username. 
It's going to be huge. It's owned by Amazon, so think about that for a little bit. Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. And here's a couple things I wanted to add on here because we have like five minutes left. But these are the couple things I wanted to add on, but I was like, oh, this is a little bit complicated. But start thinking about Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp. It's huge. You know email used to have like an 80% open rate, and now it has like a 15% open rate? Messenger on Facebook and Instagram has an 80% open rate. There are programs out there that you can build a chatbot very simply to answer common questions for your school district, and you can interact with your parents and your students through Messenger. They open it because everyone likes that little ding, and they'll read it. So you can market to them that way. You can send them important information. I would look into messengers and chatbots. The last thing I talked about for a split second, I said it was going to be very important. This is the last thing. LinkedIn is huge right now. Video is, you know how Facebook used to get like 5,000 people engaging with your video and now it does about 2,000, things like that, depending on what type of video it is? LinkedIn really does not have a big algorithm right now. It is huge. You put content on there. You interact with maybe, like I said, for recruiting purposes, for interacting with your internal staff. LinkedIn is huge. It's what Facebook, when it used to be Facebook, it has a lot of stuff on there. You can put articles, blog posts, video, live video now. Now they've brought that to groups where you can have certain groups interact in LinkedIn. So like all first-year teachers, LinkedIn group. They all have LinkedIn because they, they were forced to make one in college. So they all have an account. So think about LinkedIn, it's gonna help you. So I'll end this saying this. This is a quote from one of our students. She's now a famous marketer. If you uh, Google her name, she's like world-renowned speaker. She's, she was Forbes 30 under 30 and stuff like that. Yes, social media is great. Yes, the digital marketing is great, but you still need to have a mix of both worlds. It's called omni-channel. And what Omnichannel does is allows you to go where the people are at. So maybe you do a big, huge force on social media, but then you have some like live event they could go to. That'd be part of the Omnichannel experience. Or maybe you have a bunch of social media and then print out this form and bring it to the event and you can get a free t-shirt and then you collect all that information and put it in your database, things like that. So there's room still for print there's room for this kind of stuff. It's called Omnichannel. So that's basically my presentation. If you have any thoughts, any questions, anything like that, feel free to email me at any time. This is my Twitter handle. Uh, hit me up. I'm on there quite a bit. Uh, and this is my blog or my website. So uh, please, please, if you have any questions, let me know.